0: Where I've, I've actually talked to some people, like they went to the unit out of SF because they were they knew it was a safer place. Like to me, it was about just getting more gunfights. Other people went because they're like, okay, I, I see how how trained this team is, but if you go to the next level up, it's right. going to be right. Everyone you're going to be fighting with that right that caliber. That caliber, it's going to it's going to make you safer. Yeah, kind like, of. So that it, was never the case for me. Work. I didn't give a f- who I was fighting with. I just right. wanted to get in more yeah. gunfights. No comment.
1: I <laughs> well, we didn't kill them Probably blame me for being an idiot, but... Yeah. And which you were. Which <laughs> we all were. You have to make it to where crime doesn't pay. You have to deter crime. Whether it's crime or terrorism, it's the same principle.
2: You have to clash with supervision. You have to or nothing will get done. Supervisors can't learn how to supervise, and you can't learn how to respect a supervisor without a confrontation. It has to happen. <laughs> Do not take that out. JV team for life. Have you ever been in your truck and you're like, you're looking around for Spitter and you're like, you see a coffee mug and you're like, dude, my dually, I just spit on the floorboard. <laughs> really? Yeah. He <laughs> doesn't even have rubber floorboards. <laughs> smells but
1: minty no in shit. here. I mean, yes, I have been. And I'm like, fuck it. I mean, <laughs> how did you get this? <laughs>
0: I've, had, I've had that. I mean, the dooley's just a straight up range truck now. So i at the range, end of the range. I'm like, fuck it. I don't care
1: now.
2: You ready?
1: Now I'm ready. Let's do this.
2: Welcome back to the Anti-Hero Podcast, part Delta Force, part Street Cop, all podcasts. I'm your host, Tyler, owner of Refracted Wolf Apparel. Use promo code ANTIHERO for 15% off all the best graphic tees. It's all American outsider apparel.
1: And I'm Brent Tucker, owner of First Responder Coffee and Cigar Company. Use FRCC15 to get 15% off everything in the
2: store. And this episode is brought to you by Zero Nine Holsters, right? So an Ohio-based custom DD gear manufacturing company to include gun holsters, portable radio cases, and canine equipment. That's the official, but I just get DMs all the time saying I buy from them. Like, everybody buys from them. They're street cop owned. Good, they should. Uh, they test their own shit. So if you could head over there. They support us. Uh, we're a partner with them. They're, they're not a sponsor of the show so they support our message they believe in what we talk about um, so they gave us a promo code for any of our listeners it's antihero z910 so antihero i said last episode i said zulu 9 it's z9 antihero z910 and you get 10% off your order and today's episode is awesome because in we have two of the baddest dudes that ever walked the planet in this room and we also have brent
0: <laughs>
2: I was gonna say too humble. Yeah, you know, you're you're a
1: badass too. Um That's what I
2: was gonna mean. <laughs> <that> was <laughs> <the other one.
1: laughs> oh man, this this is Rob O'Neill hasn't shown up yet. Oh gosh. And it and it continues. <laughs> the uh this is gonna be one of my favorite episodes. Not that I, I haven't enjoyed uh past guests, but it's uh it's not um, it's not every day you get to have your friend on as as a, as a guest. Um, I've known Bob for a long time. Here to my right is Bob Keller, former Ranger Bat, uh, former Green Beret, former Delta Force operator. Um, Twenty four years. I, say that, Brent. <laughs> I, I sure I sure as hell can say that. I say it all the time. <laughs> um, I don't I don't care I don't care what the former unit members. Some of them say yeah. you can absolutely yeah, say can. it we can definitely on... talk about that later uh oh yeah yeah we can uh 24 years in seems like you always beat me in everything you did a little <laughs> bit longer than i did not as a competition but it's always a competition uh and you're also the owner of uh gambit resolutions and rangeworks rangeworks w-e-r-x yep so it seems like uh you same old same old for you st- staying busy no no retirement for you no uh, continuing on, we'll, and we'll you know, love to talk to you about that. I, I feel like, you know, operators retire and they only like one or two things. They retire and go out in the mountains and just detach and don't want to talk to anyone ever, or they start a business and continue to get busier than ever. Yep. And uh, I, I see which one you picked, because um, there is no picking both. It's 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 one or the other. Because as as everyone at this table knows, once you go small business, it's you, work. It, it's work. It's yeah. nothing but work. Um, so with that being said, Bob, thanks for coming. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. One, one question. I've always wondered this. Why do you guys that shed the same blood and the same mud through like the worst times and grow such bonds? How are y'all able to go have a nice life and never talk to each other again until like 10 years <laughs> yeah, later? Weird. I just, I, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. It's <touching. laughs>
1: Not only can we do that. Bob was the last time I saw you can you even uh it probably was at the unit in the hallway it's yes. just my best guess yeah, and which 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 would have good. been six years ago maybe i mean just
0: well, time that, flies just, i mean I that's just that's, just that's just that's
1: just passing. i'm the last sorry time i'm, I'm sorry cr- <laughs> <laughs> last time i mean because once you go to
0: different squadrons yeah, you, know. uh, you, you I'm, I'm I, asked that all the time on squadrons, like, oh, do you know so and so from C squadron or you right. know, B squadron? I kinda, I, you, if you don't actually work with them, right? I was, I was yeah. You know, we I we have the guys that were across the hall on other troops. You know? Yeah, we, exactly.
1: We were both in you know, individually in the and during. Uh, you were there just a few more a few years before me. Yeah. Um. But together, you know, we were there a decade, and overlapping that has to be at least six, seven years. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of ever I mean I know I saw you, but of, of ever actually even stopping and talking to you no and we went there together. And, and if we did see each other three or four times in that in that whole yep. span, it's it's life gets crazy uh, over there. you're just gone all the
0: time and you get put in your own little world and but like uh, his question, great question, like how can you well, be that tight? And so I mean the guys that I were actually on a team with, I mean that's really tight. You know, I mean, Brent and I were tight. We're in SF days, and then you, you never are not friends, but you just right. don't talk to people. Well, it's like I think it's like the Type A personality. Like when you're done, you're done. Like we don't need to, we don't need to have that heartfelt, right. like warm well, moment of, of staying in touch. Like right, there's, there's guys that I that were that I was on a team with that I still have not talked to since I've been retired.
1: And what and what I was I was long windedly getting to was so we barely even saw each other at the unit. I see you today for the first time, and we and we can pick up like right. like like yep. you know like like we like <laughs> we don't skip a beat. It's awesome. Uh, you know, I know you could call even though we barely talk, but I know if, if Bob calls me, I was like, oh, so Bob needs something, and I drive two hours today if if you needed me there, you know, to cover down on a class for you yeah. or something. So, it is that weird thing where you don't talk like best friends, but you'll do anything for that guy
0: uh, the, the moment it, he asks. I mean, it's kind of cool having. You being at the unit, because I'm I always talk about stuff like this to people that ask, but they don't really know what the hell I'm talking about. <clears throat> Just like you were saying, like it's kind of that's what I, at least might might have been different for uh, for you and your squadron, but like, where I was at, like it's kind of a weird concept, and that might be that whole Type A personality thing, but like everyone will eat their own. One hundred percent at the, at in the, our the troop, at the squadron, one hundred percent. But when you're on target, so I mean, like you're not like best friends, even though you're tight, you know, when you're back in the states. But you might not like someone, you might not do anything with them. You're not. Right. They might. They they would call you out in a heartbeat. But now when you're on target with them, though, right. Everyone will die for each other.
2: That's right. I yeah.
1: mean, it's like it's just a cool. <laughs> they definitely didn't necessarily pick guys, you know, who who would get along the best because we didn't. They could, I think necessarily. That makes sense. The type, a, a, type a personality. Because everyone this wants way. to be the best. So <laughs> if there's
0: someone a little bit better, you're like, whoa, fuck that guy. I talk
1: to guys on my Special Forces dive team on, on 1-5 more than I do old teammates at the, at the unit. Yeah. It's not that I don't talk to any of them, doesn't, but doesn't I, surprise I, I talk to my SF you know, old teammates, ODA teammates more than I talk to the uh, the unit guys. But oddly enough, Again, I wouldn't call them any better or better friends or you know or less friends if they if, you know if, if they call me today I'd drive to North Carolina tonight to to handle whatever it is they need help with so it's definitely yep, i agree it's it's a it's a weird it's it's a weird place to work to be honest with you it, uh, and it's also make no mistake about it the best place to work I wouldn't change it for the world i wouldn't I'd do it all over again would you do it all over
0: again no <laughs> No, yeah, no. I thought you were, oh. yes. Yes, I would go there. <laughs> yeah. It is 100% Hell the best no. place. Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, good. That was what I was saying.
1: All right. Yeah. well, Bob's got totally, a story to tell. Totally opposite of <laughs> that. Yes. No.
0: I would absolutely do it the same. Same route. Um, yeah. I would never take that away. No, right. From what I've talked, what I've heard. So, how long have you been out now? Three, three four years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. 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 i I've, I've been talking to people that have been getting out lately, though. It's. It is changed in um, the it, last three or four that years. Started that started to happen
1: as as I was leaving. Just a drastic train change in culture. Yeah. A drastic change in the type of and it's really no fault of their own. When we went to the unit, we had half a dozen rotations un, under our belt and, and and real world good experience going there. You know, we had guys we had guys showing up at the unit without a combat patch, you know, on on teams. Like when and you were leaving? When I was leaving. And uh, you know, and unfortunately, I think the problem is they kind of maintained the prior generation swagger of we you know we have all this combat experience, we've been there, you know, we got this, but but they but they don't you know they they don't have that experience to rely on, but they but they continued that swagger, and I think that's dangerous. Well, can you I know?
2: ask a question? When you say combat on teams, did they didn't have any uh, special operations combat or just zero? Yeah.
1: Zero, no combat patch so they there was you know they definitely didn't have uh you know conventional forces or they didn't have their sf uh combat patch or or, or ranger scroll combat patch they we got guys in the in the unit with it's zero gonna combat be different experience. i mean i feel bad but of course for those it's gonna guys, happen we're not gonna be in
0: war forever right i mean i feel bad for them that's right look at, look at how lucky we got oh. hit it hit it at the right moment to get man did we like get 12 lucky. years of fighting that's never going to happen in the history no. of in the, of america ever. i
1: know that sounds weird for some people because you know and, and when you say it like that i'm like yeah we got lucky and, some, got people, and some people are like, man, that's man, never you... going to happen again to have the
0: opportunity to mm-hmm. deploy
1: we, 12 years in a row we got to play <laughs> in, in the special operations realm uh and not just like practice for the game we got, we got to practice for the game, and then we got to play in the game on Sunday. Right. And then we got to practice, and we got to play in the game next Sunday. And mm-hmm. we did that over and over and over again. And the American military, without a doubt, was the absolute best fighting force because of it. No one else in the world had seen that much experience in combat, and we'd learned a lot, and our tactics evolved immensely. and And the type of tactics—I mean, how long—I mean, I won't get into details, but— it took us years and years to evolve our tactics. So it's not like you just deploy once and you're like, well, that didn't work. We're, we're going to change the way we do business. It, you know, even, even at the highest levels, you would think, you know, we immediately change the way we do business and continue to do the, the latest and greatest tactics. But even there, it takes a long time to, to evolve tactics, to, to meet the, the current threat.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and even, even anybody in the military, like I talked to guys and I've said that, like I got, I got Awarded the opportunity to deploy to Iraq. There's guys, and it just sounds weird because there's guys that joined during wartime, joined as an infantry guy, and just got fucked. And like, you know, like Marines that had to do like infantry Marines that have to go two years security forces first, and then they miss like the oh. prime of the war. It's hey, my nightmare. Yep. So I've, I've run into a lot of those guys, and they're pissed.
1: Well, but at another day, I, I don't have pity on, on any of those guys that told you, oh well, woulda, coulda, I joined to do this, and I didn't get to do it. Um, I wasn't as fortunate as Bob. I didn't join the Ranger Battalion. And if I could redo my career, that's one thing I would redo. I would join as a Ranger. Um, I say that, another part of me says I wouldn't change anything because you know, that was my path, and I, I, you know, we ended up at the same spot, so it worked out for me. But I joined National Guard Air Defense. The furthest thing
0: from a combat that's, unit.
2: That's POG with a capital P O G. Oh right, <laughs> well,
0: it's and, funny. I don't and, know if anyone knew that. I, like, I when I got out of range battalion, went to college. I joined the ADA. Get out of here! Yeah. I didn't know in that. in Daytona. No, and it was in Sarasota or Bradenton. Okay, it was like a small little ADA oh, unit. Like, I went I to my recruiter. I'm know, like, I don't know, we were fellow Air Defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, did I not you know, know what? what I was getting into? Holy oh, you, shit! You've ruined you've ruined my whole pitch <laughs> I, because I I don't think I've ever said this, but I but I've always felt it. Let's I, see. Was I there first though? I don't. I, <laughs> I have to be the only guy ever nope. from air defense to nope. go to the Delta Force. This whole time, nope. I've known another guy that. Technically, wasn't it? Did you go to the school or did yeah? Oh, did the you Avenger really? and the Stinger, so Fourteen was, Sierra? Whatever.
0: I have no idea what it was, but it was up at it was up at Camp Blanding, and <laughs> I went through the whole thing. Oh my gosh, that it was kind crazy. of funny because I got out of Ranger Battalion, and I found out I didn't because I was just going to school. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna get my forty degree. I was my plan was to go to to be Secret oh, Service. Y- you you had to be the only Ranger. That's no, all right. Is yeah, so it was su- funny. So <laughs> you know, you know, I try to tell a story, and people just don't get it you've been there you know how like how the people are there oh yeah so kind of funny try to try to make it quick so i, I get out of range of time i go to the recruiter i'm like hey I, I found out if you go to if you if you're in the national guard in florida, florida they pay 100 percent of your tuition right well and i had the gi bill going i'm like well, well shit I, like i don't have to pay any of the tuition I don't, i'm like yeah. it's gonna be free so i go on the recruiter i'm like hey what's the closest closest national guard unit to this school Right, and they're like, oh, it pulls up the thing. Well, we got an ADA. A, I, I didn't even know what ADA was; had no clue. <laughs> what year was so I, I, I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, Because all I had to do uh, had 2000. been two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand. Okay. Okay, so
2: you were in the Rangers. Yeah. Before yep. GWAT.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, I got out and went, and, and I was like, I'll take it. I had no clue what the unit was. <laughs> I didn't care because I just I was just going to college. I knew right. all, all I had to do was one week in a month. Right? College is free. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I show up. Which is funny because you probably you've you've seen it. Um, the first drill that I go to just happened to be their PT test. And when I just got on range of time, I'm I'm still oh, pretty yeah. studly. i you know, right. good with my PT. So I'm clearing everything. I mean, oh. 300 right. plus. Right. And
1: I'm sure it's an emotional event for some of those boys. Oh, yeah. So I get in there and they have to be you kind of have to be separated.
0: They only allow like five people in the room so everyone else can't watch, oh, you know, because they probably yeah. don't want people to embarrass. So right. I get right. in yeah. there. Everybody turn around. I, you know, it, it was like turn around <laughs> yeah. thing. And it was push-ups first, so they're they're doing push-ups. And I'm coming out of range battalion. If you don't max out, you're getting smoked, right? I mean, you're getting yelled at. So I'm just, that's what I was used to because I hadn't been to any other military unit. So they start doing push-ups, and I swear to God, like, dudes are doing like five push-ups. And I'm like, oh, man, these guys are going to get smoked. They're in trouble. All I hear is, come Shuffle. on, man, you can do one more of them. Like, no one's in trouble. Oh, uh, culture They're shock. They're actually giving them, like, encouragement to do one more to make it to six, you know? Well, wow. I... I hope that allows you to think even more highly of me because that was the culture I was brought up That's in. That's crazy to, yeah. to, to, to get where mm-hmm. I had to go,
1: um,
0: which actually we, is really impressive for you to go um, to that and be like, "All right, there's something else. What can I go do now?" This is not Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Oh. So we we because it's hard
1: not to because uh, we haven't seen each other in so long. We ju- we jumped right. We jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk um, a little bit about. What uh, what brought you uh, to your first, you know, enlistment and and how you were lucky enough or fortunate enough to go right to the Rangers? And then what made you get out? And and I'm assuming which is one contract.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, out of high school, I had like scholarship offers to go play golf or play hockey. I picked golf because. Young, 18 year old kid, I'm thinking I'm just going to go play golf, make a million bucks. Like I thought it would be that easy. Right. So I went, went down to Florida. Spent however many years down there uh, before turning pro. So I played professional golf down there. I was doing, like, the mini tours and eventually started doing the Hooters tour. Um, and that was actually traveling around. So actually being, up, being on the road, going tournament to tournament. I think I did that for, like, two seasons. And, it and was, how old were you at this time? So I was 23 okay. going into 24 because I didn't go in the military until I was 24. So, like, the second second season out on out on tour or out on the road. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was either Louisiana or Mississippi. Um, playing a tournament, missed the cut. So it's a Thursday, Friday. That's when you see if you make the cut to play Saturday, Sunday, and then you're in the money. Um, So Thursday, Friday, I missed the cut, and I'm like, this is after playing professionally a couple years. And I go back to my hotel room, and I'm like, you can either go to the next next tournament and start practicing, or you can just stay in that same town and just start drinking. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like sitting in my hotel room, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like it finally just dawned on me. I'm like, I am not playing golf because I like it. I'm playing golf because I want to make money at it. Right. Like it wasn't a passion of mine. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right, like kind of light bulb moment. I was like, "Fuck! It. If I'm if I'm doing this is for the money, and I'm not making money, right. I'm probably doing the wrong thing." Right. Yeah. I literally packed up, <laughs> drove back down to Florida, and like two days later, I was fucking enlisted. You know, it's crazy. So again? that's that's what got me in the military. <laughs> me and
2: Brent were just talking to our last guest about, you know, it's when a door shuts right in front of your face. Like, I mean, to put it bluntly, you weren't the best golfer in the world. And then you couldn't make it as a career, and you turn around, and you do some of the most prestigious stuff in the military you could possibly do. Right. So,
1: And if it wasn't for, as I'll put it, if it wasn't for God shutting that shutting that door on you and, uh, you know, you, to put it like we said last episode, people get upset and like, man, I really wish, you know, there would be some sort of direction in my life. Or if you're religious like I am, which wish God would, please, God, show me the way. And then when God shuts a door, you're like, man, life sucks. <laughs> you know, like, well— th- you want a definitive answer to, to your problem, and God gives you one, and here you are looking at a gift horse in the mouth. Like, your your problem, in, in one essence, wasn't, you know, that cut and dry, wasn't like it just, you know, like you didn't make selection, so that, that door is shut. So the door is still open for you, but it was a fairly easy answer, because just like you said, you didn't enjoy it, you're here to make money, you're not making money, so change, you know? Which is funny, yeah, I mean, how many
0: people in this... How many people in their whole lifetime actually get to do something that they love, right? Well, I, I didn't. I was never a military. My, my grandpa was in the military. My dad was in Vietnam. My grandpa was in World War II. I mean, kind of came from a military family, but it was never pushed on me. Yeah. That was never a fucking thing. Right. But as a kid, that's all I like to do is like to shoot guns and frickin' camp out in the woods by myself, right? So right. I was in me, right. but I just didn't yeah. think, well, how am I going to make money? Like, I wasn't pushed to go in the military, so... But- by missing that cut was yeah. like the best thing that You're ever right. happened made me go in the military and even then after Ranger Battalion my thing was I, I got to get college I got to go yeah. do my 40 degree and it was like being at the Ranger Battalion you get there you start doing the stuff kind of like uh, what we were talking about earlier you, you train on it you want to do it well obviously I wanted to deploy I wanted to get a deployment or go to I wanted to go to war with with Ranger Battalion well nothing was going on <laughs> so I'm like Military life, little, little is did not you For know. me, like I'm little not a military you know. guy. I don't yeah. like wearing uniforms. I don't like saying yes sir, <laughs> no sir. So right. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, I don't like up happening. Early. I like, I like to do the stuff that we did there, but yeah. nothing was going on. So I got out, went right. to college, and then while I was at college, sure enough, 9-11 kicked off and got hooked up with someone at uh, Twenty Special Forces Group. And they're like, Well, shit, you're in the, you're in the guard. Why don't you just go to selection? You, you know, you have a chance to deploy. And then, who you like? Hit? Do you remember who you got
1: hooked up with in twenty three Group? Remember who you uh, met? Kinkle. Was, was yeah. Kinko the first somehow guy you met?
0: Got, yeah, somehow someone told me about him, or he found me, and I was like, yep, I'll go. Because that was my chance to possibly deploy, but I still didn't. I was like, I don't like the military. Not that I don't like the military. I'm just not a military guy, right? Yeah. But that was like a chance to go, and sure enough, we had that, that uh, well, the first deployment I went on. So this is circa like like 2002, Is that yeah, if you had yep.
1: to guess. Cause,
0: but it's cool, like not many people get to find their passion. Right. Like and I wouldn't have known this was like gunfighting was my passion. First gunfight or first time I got shot at, I knew right there. This is this is my fucking life. So like, I mean, it wasn't like oh shit we're getting shot. Right, at it was like holy right. fuck I won the lottery. <laughs>
1: you know. So let's let's rewind real quick to twenty special forces group because that's that's where that's where our friendship started. Mm-hmm. That's where I met you as an NQP, which yep. I, I'm sure they call the program something different now, but a non qualified personnel. Was I like running the NQP? We're not running. No, you, like, uh, you and I were in there. together? Yeah, we were okay. in there together. All right. All right. So my first exposure, no one, one of there. my first, <clears throat> one of my first drills, is you know, I meet Bob, and uh, and I'm, I'm sure I remember Bob more than Bob remembers me because I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a lowly air defender. Little man, I wish <laughs> it's I, not because of that. I have no memory. <laughs> I'm a lowly air defender, and now I'm in this world that I wanted to be in. This you know the beginning of this special operations world. And I have a former ranger back guy that's that's here with us, and we had a former seal that was with us, mm-hmm. Derek Ray, mm-hmm. and uh, and both you guys physically, you know, w- was what I expected and what I needed because I remember the first, I think it was four, even just just a four mile ruck we did, I met the standard, but I don't think I saw you since the first five minutes of, 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 of the starting point
0: like so seeing and, the difference of just doing the standard or
1: that's right and and what and yeah this is one of the things i really and i'll, I'll talk more about this um but that was the beginning of you showing me the standard of what it of, of what it takes and you didn't even know at the time but that from that beginning I was I was chasing you both figuratively and literally in a ruck <laughs> march, you know. And I'd come up like, "Hey, what? You know, what's good to have what, that? Drive, it's great. Though. It's great. Hey, what Bob did it in? And I don't remember what you did. And I'm gonna make up a number. You know, f- you know, 42 minutes. You know, uh, and uh I came in like I think the, the standard was, was an hour for a four mile. Uh, pace. Yeah, okay. and so I I probably came in like 58 minutes. And and to me, I was like. He's, he's running these things in the 40s i got i got work to do if i nice. want to if i want to be at you know at, at at this level yeah and uh so that's that's there's more there's more stories like that bob but that's the beginning i don't think i'd have made it to the delta force if it wasn't for being an nqp with I, let's back up i wouldn't have made it in special forces i don't believe if i didn't start that nqp with program with you and you showing me as cheesy as it sounds, what a stud looks like, what the standard is, yeah, what it takes. To go past the standard. Well, yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't it wasn't a uh, – and weird because you know, I was a type A personality back then. I just hadn't had the experience to prove it. Um, right. Like it was – to everyone else in the NQP program, it was basically like, hey, when's Bob going to selection? Because he's going to make it. When Bob's going to the Q course, he's going to get his Green Beret. You know what I mean? And and the rest of us were just worried about it. And, that, and that's just <laughs> the truth. That is the truth. And so uh, – it was it was it was very cool to start you know that uh, yeah. that, that chase unit and, and and it happened then.
0: Well, it's fucking badass because that got you to the unit. You it it I mean, it, give...
1: it, ev- it, ev- it eventually did. We go to the, I don't I saw you a couple times I th- I think you know in in the Q course but you were. You were just a couple classes ahead of me, a class or two, well, and I was in 18 uh, Echo, which was a little bit longer course. Yeah, We were definitely there at the same time, but I don't really remember uh, seeing you a whole lot, um, yeah, if, if ever, at, at the Q course. Um, you graduate the Q, the Q course. Uh, before, we'll get in the South America trip we did. Between you graduating the Q course and the, and the South America trip, what did you do? What do you mean? If you can remember. What'd you do for work? What'd you do? Did you go to a school? <clears throat> but after the Q course. After so, the Q course. So Q- you got your Green Beret. Green yeah. Beret. Yeah. Uh, I was doing the Codota. Yeah, tell the them about, Counter counter drug stuff. Tell them a little bit about, about Kadoda. And I think that's one of the best kept secrets in, in, in the I, program. I tell people that all the time. I don't know if it still exists, but holy they car- took, especially for cops. They took the like, they quit calling it Kadoda. Because for the ODA part, because they basically gutted it with SF guys because they're oh, okay. not reliable because they deploy too much or they go to too many schools and they replaced it with a bunch of conventional yeah. guys. I thought it was a. Pit. And watered down the program. Boo. It was a. Conventional yeah. guys. Yeah. It was an
0: unbelievable um, job. And, and, and like you said. Uh, so Kodota, counter drug, ODA. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a, uh, I wouldn't say it's we didn't we definitely didn't try to keep it a secret because we no. we were pushing out. To, <laughs> right. So as long as as long as it somehow pertained to drugs, uh, FBI could use us and it had to be in Florida. Uh, any cops could use us. Uh, I mean, agencies or cops that were in Florida and it pertained to drugs, they could just. It was like a simple one-page paperwork to basically hire us. And it was like for if, a you research, wanted, if you wanted, right? if you were doing a. A big, big case on a big drug or a marijuana growth or something. But you didn't want to sit on it. Well, you get the Kadota We'll go sit on that thing for two weeks, get all the video, all the okay. it, like record on everything for two weeks. So we're sitting in the summer in, you know, ghillie suits, getting eaten by mosquitoes. It sucks. It would suck for you to do that. That's what we would do. And then when you when it came time to go do the bus, we'd give you the packet basically, and you guys would go do go do the hit. Okay. Just so because it, you're military, it was, like it was awesome. We, from, we could law enforcement
1: if they knew about it. We could only do reconnaissance. We couldn't mm-hmm. we couldn't do anything offensive. Yeah. Because that would that would go past our our our.
2: Were you guys allowed rules to, and limitations? Yes. We have were allowed to weapons? On yep. you, In case self defense. At least when, when I was there. Yeah, you, yeah. Could get, you could have, your, you could have your, uh,
1: your car being in you could have yeah. a pistol on you. I uh I. I, I tackled a guy running from the objective once, and and I got to talking to about that because it, because it kind of it breaks our, our rules, and it kind of it's like we're going offensive. But I couldn't just watch him outrun the cop and get away, especially after sitting on it in, in the in the in, exactly in are not losing this for me, man. In, that's right, in the <laughs> woods, getting eaten by bugs for a week, and then to see this guy. Outpacing the cops, you know, and he's kind of, you know, he's kind of heading my way. Like, I know I can I can get him like, nah, I'm going to go get him.
0: Well, that was the one we was were in the ghillie suits in the woods. Was it on the backside of a fence? No, oh, cause, no. Because that, that happened to us on one one of the mm, not missions. Well, yeah, I guess it's <laughs> like a mission when we were, a, a when, when we're right. sitting there. Same thing um, kind of happened.
1: Yeah, uh, I think maybe I told the story before. Uh, I, was, I was sitting with uh, one of the guys who were watching this this meth house. This this meth head would would come out of his his trailer like at two o'clock in the morning and just circle it a couple of times, go back in. This was one of the first reconnaissance missions I did. Come back out at three a.m. Circle the house, look everywhere, go back in. I mean, what's he doing? And uh, the guy next to me goes like, Yeah. They, they they just get really um, they get really paranoid, you know, when uh, mm-hmm. these meth heads do, and they think someone's someone's you know they they think someone's looking at them and surveilling them. Yep. And I was like, But we we are <laughs> he's, he's like, dead on he's, yeah, he's right he's right he's like yeah but he doesn't know that and i was like, well if we do our job right he won't but he is right it is, little, it is a little it is a little ironic so you did so you did that which i i didn't do when i first came out of the q course but as any good guard bum i eventually uh went there. Went, went there in fact we were there at the same time uh for thought, a little bit yeah, yeah. um because i believe your wife cut my hair Yep. Uh on yep. on that's, occasion. That's, She'd that's come where in. Katie and I yeah, yeah. So you go do Kodota. I'm still getting out of the, I just got out of the Q course and the first thing I do is I link up with your team because you guys need a combo guy. Cause I don't know why you had no combo guy and you thought, hey, let's bring this guy fresh out of the Q course to to go to South America and rely on for all of our combo. But it scared the crap
0: out of me. Well now, wasn't Brent there so you were a junior combo guy? Or did you go as a I, senior? I was Maybe. I was the only okay. combo guy on the team.
1: Right. He he must not have been able to make who who would have been your combo guy at the time? I can't remember his last name, but Brent. Pinienta? Is it Brent? Yeah. Pimenta, so. yeah. Um Yeah, so I guess he couldn't make the trip. And so that's why that's why I came on the trip and uh, we go down to South America together. Yep. And I just remember it being the longest C 130 flight I feel like I've ever been on. It was just it just feel like it like like it like the headwind made it go like twenty miles an hour. It just felt like that trip took forever. Uh,
0: yeah. And then did we eventually take a civilian flight out of there though? We took it, so we so we get there, we
1: land in a in a random dirt field oh, airstrip. Yes. yes like kind of yes. in the middle of the night. They
0: were we were past we were we weren't supposed to land. And we weren't supposed to land. So they basically got us out and the the freaking birds started taking off, like as our cargo is coming off. <laughs> That's right. Just so they could get the hell out of there without getting stuck there.
1: It was so hectic. See, and it I,
0: felt, I had totally forgot it, about that, and too. <laughs> felt, and,
1: and, and in a weird way, of course, like in hindsight, it was one of the safest things we, we'd ever do in our career overseas, but it it, it felt like a Green Beret mission. Yeah, like landing yeah. on this yep, dirt yep. airstrip. The AC 130 is like, yeah, we got to get out of here. We got to get out here. Like, unload everything, unload everything. And I remember Brian because he had just got back from Afghanistan that the team did not too long ago, and he goes out and he pulls a knee and starts pulling security, <laughs> and uh, and Chief, um, I'm forgetting names, Chief, um, don't ask me, you the the warrant officer on on, on the team, um, I'm gonna think I'll think of his name here in a second because well, he, he was a great dude, yeah. yeah. Um, he comes and goes. Hey, Brian, we're, we're not in combat. Don't, you know, no reason to pull armed security in here. Like we we landed in you know on and safe territory, and uh, anyway we, for the next couple of weeks we're we're training the condors, yeah. Yeah. and um, and that was awesome. We got to shoot tens of thousands of rounds, pretty much unsupervised. Wear a baseball hat for the first time, like as a, as a E five fresh green beret. Uh, it, Chief Jensen. Jensen, yeah. It was a great experience for me. Um, our medic at the time, uh, well, I'll say Alex, yep. he ends up at the unit with us as, yep. as a medic. So you have three guys on that trip that end up uh, at the Delta Force. And I tell this story. Weird, right? It is weird. I mean, that, that is that is unusual. <laughs> um, and I tell this story before. I get really sick on a Friday night. It was like the one of the first Friday nights we had to go out. And I was really excited about going partying with the boys. I get I get like bedridden sick it was like a 24-hour flu Alex has given me an IV and um or giving me a shot and as he's getting it the needle ready he drops the needle and can't find it in and like and the like the the folds of my covers you guys are outside honking the horn let's go Alex let's go Alex to go party I'm dying here and I was like ah screw it grabs another needle sticks it and goes hey Just don't roll over a whole lot i can't find that needle i gotta go and i sat there in that bed scared to move knowing there is a needle somewhere in this bed that he i gotta go he couldn't find because he didn't want to miss his ride to town to go party with the guys there's there's a story that uh, you you probably forgot about.
0: Uh, I don't know if I ever heard we, that one. We cause, probably because he probably, he wouldn't have wanted to say it. He, he
1: wouldn't have wanted to <laughs> told that story. And as a new guy on the team, I probably wouldn't have wanted to, uh, to to call him out over it. You know, I was probably too scared to call him out. Yeah. So um, we get through there, um, and this is this is another uh, just. Honestly, puts you up on a on uh, a pedestal. Uh, story. We'll get to dive school. You'll probably have a different take on dive school as I did. Because I'll tell you how I remember you in dive school, <laughs> and you can go ahead and tell people. You can tell people how you remember me in dive school. We were training up for dive school before we went on this before we went on this trip. Yes. We were going out to the pool, uh, training, doing going weight belt swims. Kingston, Kingston Lake. Or- yeah, we. You'd, uh, I'd go to the the pool. Like in Jacksonville, Josh Benton would take me, you know, and, and Rick Spear would take me. I remember the first time um, Rick a- asked me to do a weight belt swim. He basically just gives me 16 pounds, gives me fins and a mask. He goes, hey, this is what you're going to do. I need you to swim in circles for, do you remember the time? Ten, eight minutes, ten minutes? Whatever the time is. I, th- I want to say it's ten minutes. I am like two minutes into this thing. And about to drown and i decide like i have to go to the side of the pool and i don't even know if i'm going to make it to the side of the pool i grab the side of the pool i'm completely out of breath rick gets down leans over looks at his watch and goes that wasn't 10 minutes and that's when i knew i got a lot of work for die school <laughs> yeah, i got yeah. a lot of work for die school yeah. we go down to south america I don't know if you remember this. For me, I was told, you're not going to dive school anymore. Do you remember being told you're not going to dive school? Hmm. Okay. So, And it may have been did we're sending we one. Both? both? did it called that? I thought we both got told that the funding got they cut. You probably just
0: told him that. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like, hey, tell Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I got
1: told we, there is no funding for dive school, and you're not going to dive school. In fact, I know, I know you, you knew this, because I'll tell you how we got to dive school and, and kind of how I found out. We're at a roadside cafe Several weeks into this in, into this trip, and I check my AKO online email account. <laughs> you we know, talk about rolling back the past, yeah. Me, yep. uh, knowledge online, all me on knowledge yeah, online, yep. and I have an ATAR's notification email. And so I get on the sat phone and I call Jeremy Sinclair. I said, "Hey, Jeremy, I was told we weren't going, but I do. I did get this email from ATARs saying that you know I have a slot, and it's like two days from now." Am I going or am I not going? And he said, If you have an if you have an Atar slot, you're absolutely going. I said, Is Bob was supposed to go with me? Is Bob going? He goes and he pulls it up and he's like, Yeah, you and Bob are definitely going to dive school. How the
0: fuck do you remember this shit?
1: <laughs> so I so I come back and I tell Chief Jensen, Hey, me and Bob got got a slot to go to dive school. And that's when we started figuring out, okay, how are we gonna get you guys back? Um, they're not slotted to leave anytime soon. And so they make a decision, we're going we're gonna to put you guys on a civilian... We're at, the, we're at the very southern part of Bolivia. The airport's yes. in the very north. Yep. And do you remember what's going on in the country at the time? Why? That, what, what made that road trip a little sketchy? Well,
0: yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I remember the road trip, but no, I don't remember what's going on. Well,
1: I, uh, I want to say it was an election. There's something that caused civil unrest, and there were roadblocks everywhere. Yes. And for two guys who didn't speak very good Spanish... We did have, the only thing that saved us was a pocket full of pesos. And uh, I, I would say I probably. That's was, cool shit, though. It yeah, was, like it's try cool Trying
0: to get to the airport. <laughs> no
1: interpreter with us. Uh, I, sp- I had just gotten out of the, the Q course, the, you know, the. the um, And this the- is just
2: so you could get to dive school. <laughs> yeah. This is not even like a. So
1: I spoke Spanish the best because I just got out of Spanish school, Yeah, you know, probably six months before this. And when I say it, it's like Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, like yeah. I said, third best. Like, you don't want me as your interpreter. You can say Ola. <laughs> right. And we would hit these checkpoints, and we'd just, like, pull out this cash and be like, how much this do you yeah, need? I do remember And I do someone remember would just, that. like, take it, take some money, give us the rest of the money back, you yep. know? And uh, we paid our way through checkpoint after checkpoint. We, we make it to the airport, and then we have our next uh, problem. Uh, which is we our passports were not stamped in because we landed on a dirt right. strip. Do you nope. me- do you remember the debacle at the airport? How we got out? Nope. I love this. I, I'm telling you this <laughs> I story. I fucking love it too because yeah. I totally forgot about this story. Chief Jensen gives us a, a phone number to the embassy. He says, "You have any problems? Call the embassy." So me and you were standing there at the uh, at this counter, and the guy spoke English, bad English. We spoke it. And he goes, you, and he's like, "How'd you get in this country?" And we're like, "We landed on a dirt strip." We just told him the truth. And he was like, "Well, you're not getting out anytime. You're not getting out today." And we're about to close down this airport, and yeah. uh, that they, I remember. Yeah, we're about to close down this airport because of the civil unrest. Yep. And um, and I don't care. And and we said, "Hey, call call this number." And he goes, "I don't care who's on that number." At the end of the day, you got it. I don't know how you got into my country, and it's going to take us a while to fix this. So. And we're like, just call the number, please. We didn't even know who that number was. It's just a number at the embassy. He goes. He makes a phone call for about 30 seconds. He comes back on disgustedly. He goes, give me your passports. And he stamps us in, and then he stamps us out a couple seconds later. (laughs) And if if you could find that passport, it'll have a stamp (laughs) of us being in Bolivia for about 30 seconds. Pretty cool. (laughs) We fly... Dang near straight to dive. You were uh, we, probably
0: like the smart one. I was like Brent, just take. I don't, I I'm just to screw do it. it up. That's probably why, why I don't <laughs> remember it. <laughs> it was more.
1: Like, well, I remember I, getting out. Hey, I, I appreciate you considering me the smart guy, but you are probably like, "Hey, young buck." <laughs> no, that
0: call, would, that would have been the
1: case. Call all. me if you have a problem, and this will be a you know, if uh, I'll, I'm I'm here. I'm here <laughs> if you need me. Um, we uh, we go to dive school. We only had a couple days between dive school. I think I went home, packed, and went yeah. right to dive school yeah. met you there i'll I feel like in, you're the guest I feel, like, I feel like i've been talking a while i don't remember you having a problem at dive school no academically was what would have been like your 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 problem but that wasn't my problem i just didn't care but <laughs> come on brand but i would have much rather had that been my problem
0: <laughs> yeah. hey, the i've, problem I I've always
2: been just the knucklehead you know
0: Knuckle dragger, not the smartest guy. What is
2: it if you're going to be dumb then you got to be tough? You were just right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll, so I'll tell you, this is this is the second and now yeah, and now school is
0: actually really fun we're, for me. We
1: green break. Yeah, I'm, I bet it was. I remember it being fun for you. We were roommates. We were roommates in, in dive school. I remember you, I don't know if you remember, you probably remember this when I uh do you, what do you remember about me being your roommate? Cuz you complained
0: about it all the time. What well, happened? You had to go do the like the remedial stuff, oh, right? Yeah, I did have to do some remedial <laughs> stuff. When that one, then the, <laughs> the, the snoring. Will you say that?
1: Yeah, the okay, snoring. Okay, okay. You're like Brit. <laughs> you kept me up all night. You snore, unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm
0: I'm exhausted every day. I'm barely well, getting out of the It's pool. Actually, you know, guys like 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 you that had to go to remedial. I mean, that's. You're 10 times tougher than me cuz they had to go to a remedial in the like afternoon so they're getting more PT. And then they had to go they so they got less sleep or less less relaxed time. Right. Yeah. Remedial in the pool?
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. So yeah. then they're coming so back even,
0: even to- No, they have like no break. I'm back there that's not studying. That's probably why I failed tests, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it really that, was like
1: impressive. I, I'm I'm glad that I didn't remember it wrongly, and that you were like, oh no, I, I was sucking because the way I remember it. Cause, you know, you know, t- t- time goes I, I on. I felt
0: bad for you because oh, you come back. After doing another half hour, an hour, or meal, maybe two hours—I don't know what it, what they did, you guys. I oh, I remember.
1: I just remember you. But that's, then you have to wake
0: up and do the regular. That's, day that's the that's next day, and like that's, I'm refreshed, right? right.
1: I, you know, I had that's Why you look so
0: tired, Brent? Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: how I remember Bob. I'm Bob not sweating in the pool. Doing his weight belt swim and just getting out, because right, I was so fat. Getting out, doing some stretches, joking around a little bit, you know. And I'm like, you know, I'm I barely can <laughs> pull myself out of the pool. It was an emotional event for me. It was always the weight belt swim. Everything else was was okay. The runs, I always finished first in the runs. The weight belt swim was my nemesis, and I never um, they. They gave us a couple shots at it. I think it's seven minutes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes is how long you have to do weight belt swim for. And they give you several, ch- you know, chances at it until you have to do it for real. And I don't think I did the seven minute weight belt swim until the day they're like, Brent, you need to do a seven belt oh, yeah. seven minute weight I belt re- swim. today. No. <laughs> how how much weight was it? Sixteen
2: pounds. Is it that? I mean, to to the listener that's never done that before, is it like if, me? Well. It's easy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> If you had my technique,
1: it's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Were you a good if, swimmer? If your name's I'm a great swimmer. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Florida. I'm a great swimmer. <laughs> but being a good swimmer and being a good thinner are two uh, different okay. things. Um, we had a third twentieth group guy in that in that course. Josh Betton. He was he was in that course with us. Josh Betton went to dive school with us. Really? Yep. Because he he ended up being my senior echo. And there's just another time just saying 20th group representative oh, Josh. Yes yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he was at Kudowa with us. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um that yeah. yeah. 20th group had issues of sorts of guys getting getting dive qualified. And now it just really kind of seemed like there was a new era in 20th group. You know, we, we got we got some new guys here. They want to go to dive school. We send three guys to dive school. Three guys come back with their dive bubble uh, first try. Yeah. And that's almost uh unheard of.
0: Which looks good because then they're yeah. like, okay, we'll
1: That's give you right. more spots. That's right. It looks it looks it looks very good. So we go to uh, we go to diet school, um, which which what you call your six week vacation in <laughs> Key West, I call it the worst time of military career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can I can see how that could be the worst thing ever.
1: Um, we had we had some unique guys in our diet school. We had um, um, Sue Larue. Which was an Olympic swimmer, mm-hmm. and the only reason why he didn't go to the Olympics is because we boycotted the 1984 Olympics because of Russia. Um, don't yeah, I don't quote me on that. That's really the, the year. I think it's 84. It might be 88. It was close. He was our class leader. Uh, he's one of those. He's a legend in SF. One of the few guys like you could almost ask anyone. be Like you know, a guy named Sue And Everyone's like, oh, I know Sularu. I got And they have a Sularu story. Hmm. Um, and another guy his name that ha- sue had no problem in dive school you had no problem in dive school i remember one other guy just having now i know his name no problem in dive school he was at selection with us at the unit ed holmeyer oh. do you remember ed holmeyer being in a dive school Mm-mm.
0: i do not remember these things i
1: don't know because i don't feel like i have a good memory that's <laughs> uh so I barely remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're doing this podcast. This podcast is now the me reminding Bob what he did, what he did in his career. It's
0: podcast. So <laughs> I love doing these things with other teammates because they'll like they'll talk about a mission. And I'm like, oh my god, I never, I totally forgot about that. <clears throat> Usually, if you talk about it, then I'll be then I'll remember. But like just pulling stuff out of my head, like people all the time, be like, hey, what's your what's your most scariest mission or what's the best mission? I'm like, I can't, uh, yeah, like I just can't yeah, pull are, it out. But if you yeah. if you told me oh, about right. it. Then I'd be like, I totally totally uh, remember that.
1: What well, I'm trying to think after oh after dive school, I go to Afghanistan because um, I like I, I wanted to go to combat, wanted to go to combat so bad that I strapped hang with two twenty going overseas. So I went from dive school straight to uh, PMT for train up, straight to Afghanistan. I do six months in Afghanistan, and you guys mm-hmm. deploy to Iraq while I'm in Afghanistan. Yeah, and I like you, I I, I get a taste of combat, and I'm like. Yeah, it, in a weird way, you kind of only get two reactions to it. It's either like, oh, shit, you be careful what you wish for, and it scares the crap out of you, yep, or, or you become addicted to it yes. like a drug. And and I became addicted to it immediately. Yep, and it was same. everything I wanted it to be. And so when 320 um, deployed to Iraq, uh, they were like, hey, you don't have to go on that deployment. You're already on a deployment. I said, nope, I will see you boys there. I went home for two weeks. Partied my ass off and then met you guys in, um, met you guys in Iraq and the first mission we did, and I'm so glad I left when I did, I could have waited a little bit longer to go, but I was in a hurry to get there because the first mission we did, I was a company mission and we staged out of Saddam's palace.
0: Yes. That was a good one. That yep. was a good one. Was, it was a company was one. Like, in, it was like uh, five tur- or six. over tur- 0- tur- what? Tur- to crit. To crit
1: yeah. Yep. Five or six ODAs launching simultaneously on different targets from Saddam's palace. That was a cool one. And uh, again, it was a, a really good experience
0: to be like, this is this I got is pretty of He's taking a dump in Saddam's toilet. <laughs> so right there. It's a bonus.
1: Uh I got a I got a quick story for you uh, about that. I don't know if you remember the brief we got from Sergeant Major Baker, which was, Hey guys, uh, we're not here to loot. Don't take anything from this palace. Do you remember that brief by chance? I might have some. I might have some tile from that palace. <laughs> so, uh, Sidney Abbott is is he's a character. Sid's a character. He's. I see him kind of. What looks to me is he's like sneaking out of like our our sleeping area, and I go, Sid, what are you doing? He goes, Nothing. I said, Sid, What are you doing? He goes, Come with me. And so there was these massive banisters, like massive like stairwells going to the second level. And they have these gold, what looks like chess, pawn chess pieces that are like two or three foot tall that the banister is holding up the the stair rail. And me and him go there. He's like, I want one of these. He goes, you can get one, too. I said, I said, well, good. I want one, too. (laughs) And uh, we remove two of them. And he's like, hurry up. It's like middle of the night. He's like, let's let's get them out to the Humvees. (laughs) And we run out to the Humvees and and Sergeant Major Baker catches (laughs) us. And he goes, what was the one thing I told you guys not to do? I said, uh, and yo, know Sid, Sid, Sid can deescalate anything. He was like, oh, Sergeant Major, these are just, these are just laying on the ground and uh, we were going to take them, you know, we were going to, it's our job to clean up the trash around here, right? And, you know, and if it's just laying on the ground, it's trash. We're going to put them in the Humvee. We're going to throw them away when we get back to base. <laughs> it was such a ridiculous answer that Carl, who's a pretty straightforward guy, laughed and said get out of here don't tell anyone else uh about that and so that was that that was my first real entry into sf looting saddam's palace company-wide hit into daylight you know raids uh into into there and that was a wildly successful mission like the, the it was we were going after financiers and a whole network and it had reached back all the way to germany and uh interpol Ended up making arrests on intelligence that we brought off oh, off that mission. That was that was a, it wasn't the sexy like I don't think anyone <clears> killed <throat> anyone that that day. Yeah, um, it was, it was all, financiers. But those those are the people who who make the war go. Yeah, you know the, the without money, uh, you know you you're not doing anything. So the where, where were you where were you for that deployment? Uh, Kirk Cook, Kirk Cook. How what how was how was that deployment
0: for you? It was good. Yeah, I mean, you you got uh, Mark, who's a go-getter. I mean, it was like we never, we never had downtime like other teams. Each team can do what they want, basically. I mean, you get you get stuff from higher, but I mean, you you can make work or you can not find work. You know, so we had a very motivated team, so we were we were busy all the time. I mean, it was you guys had a good team. Yeah, had a real good team, really good team. And And I like I would never, I would never take, I'd never not go that route too because not many sf teams or sf dudes over there actually got to do the real sf mission like you know everyone wants to do the sexy stuff the da stuff i mean the true sf mission is force multiplier go into a country you know train up the freaking force and then let right. them do the hits right. and that's what we did i mean we got it on a couple times which was which is awesome but so me as an operator it yeah. wasn't cool I I wanted (laughs) something more, but now looking back at it like I can actually say I went overseas to a war zone and did a true That's right. Did your job. We actually went out and Created our own firebases and then actually stayed in the on the firebase With the guys and trained them up and let them do hits. So we were we were kind of advisors Which that's how it's supposed to work. Not many teams did that because everyone wants to do DA stuff Including myself like I was kind of pissed at the time, and you guys
1: did get to do da stuff because I got a Bob story that's re- really more. So we we're, were in Beijing and we brought you guys on to do, we were doing a two team hit. And you guys came in and did hits in baseball hats, baseball hats, you know, and, and body armor and guns. And the 82nd first sergeant that lived with us was furious I'm sure. because our team, you know, wore, wore helmets. And he was furious about the unprofessional team that, uh, that, that, that we brought in Oops. that was doing hits and baseball hats in, in front of their guys. And they're supposed to be guys that my guys are supposed to look up to. And here are these cowboys doing DA hits and baseball hats.
2: He probably made them do, he probably made his paratroopers do PT on the FOB too. In the middle of yeah. the war then, With their fucking safety belts. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. So well,
0: that that
1: was a great deployment for us too. I really enjoyed that one. We go to, we go to the unit a couple of years, not not too long after that. And at this point, I can't think of anyone from the company that went to the unit before us. Hmm. And so it was a mythical thing of sorts to go to the unit. And at, at this point, um, I I wasn't tracking that you wanted to go to the unit. It was something that you know that that I had. Um, realized in that, in that during that deployment in Iraq that I yeah, thought that was too. something I wanted to 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 go do. And um, why? I'm just wonder if it's the same reason why I went. Because I love the DA aspect. I hated the con up process. Um, I hated fighting with the siege of Sodaf, and I wanted to see at this point. You know, I was a first time go and everything I'd, I'd, I'd ever tried, uh, and I want to see how far I want to see how far I could go. Like it was at this point. Like in my career, uh, that I thought uh, I went from really from like chasing Bob and like you know chasing people that that were better to me, and I kind of came in my own. And I'm not saying I was the, even the best guy in my ODA, but now I thought I was good enough to try.
0: Right. And since I've heard different stories of why people have gone to the unit, which is, I'm sure there's tons of people that went there the same reason I did, but. Like, over that first deployment, you get in that one, that one gunfighter, that one tick, you know, you get shot at, you like it, you run after people. I'm just interested why people go. So, I mean, like, the reason why I went, you get a little taste of it, and you're like, well, how, how can I have more? Oh, yeah. You know, you either, you either go to S, like, go active duty the SF, or they were getting deployed a lot, but are they actually, like, you see They didn't the ticks, offer. You know, you see, the, like, the how many yeah. times they're getting in gunfights and all this stuff. So, to me, it was like. How can I get more right activity you know,
1: SF didn't offer me anything more than 20th group offered me honestly. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I'm like, how, how can I get more gunfights? Well, the next fuck, the next thing was to go to the next level. Right. And yeah. which I didn't know much about the unit, but I'm like, I know they're getting <laughs> right. on way more. They're going on way better right. hits um, where I've, I've actually talked to some people like they went to the unit out of SF because they were, they knew it was a safer place. Like, to me, it was about just getting more gunfights. Other people went because they're like, "Okay, I, I see how how trained this team is, but if you go to the next level up, it's right. going to be right. Everyone you're going to be fighting level. with that right that caliber that caliber. It's going to it's going to make you safer, yeah. Kind like, of. So like, you, as, as I mean, you was not, at, that was never the case for me. Or, I didn't give a fuck who I was fighting with. I just right. wanted to get in more yeah. gunfights. I mean, so.
1: yes, you're you're fighting with a higher caliber people to your left and right, which we already talked about. But you're also hitting targets that are oh yeah way, that are way Way dicier the, You're the doing H, it more often. The
0: HBA list is way higher oh, up yeah. than they, other they don't. They're not. They're
1: not they're not usually as, as willing to, to to go without a fight. Um and yeah, I love that. I, know, I love that it. aspect about it. <laughs> that's
0: that's so, what you want.
1: <laughs> so me, you, and we'll just say Tom. Um uh go to selection. You got selected the first time, right? So you get selected the first time, me and Tom have to go back. The, the very next selection, but we both get selected, and within a uh, and within one year, and then Alex, which I which I talked about, he was picked up as a medic. Yep. But yeah, in one year, we have three operators from the same company, the same National Guard SF company, and a medic go, and another guy followed us just a uh, or actually two more, Steve, I'll tell you his last name after this, and Cam, who's actually a 19th group guy who transferred to 20th group uh, on a on a deployment, and and like really. I included myself in this because we all went to selection the first time together, and it took me twice to you the first time, but it showed everyone else in twentieth group, hey, this is open
0: to us. Right. Like you can, if you're good enough, yep. you can do it. Yeah, kind of paved the way to just let people know you, you can make it. I think that's a, a the, there's so many people that would go. It's just the fear of not right. passing. Oh yeah, it, a lot of people of not went making it. You know, it. Yeah. guys went. That guy. just
1: no one, no one, no one made it. And when they came back. It wasn't something they talked about, so we had no information going into into selection. That that I would say, Rangers usually have a I feel like usually have a leg up because they'll they'll go back and talk. <laughs> I brought the packing list, nothing but the packing list, and uh, on my first trip, not saying that's the reason I didn't make it, but uh, it was. But yeah, you know, you'd see the Rangers come in with a lot of yeah. intel right. and and packing the right things. It definitely made it a little bit easier for them. But to I me, mean, that's why I don't talk about selection. I think it's important not to know about selection. And you know, that I hate that Eric Haney wrote that book, you know, talking so much about selection. Yeah. Like it I, should I be, actually
0: read that book before going. And sure, re- did. And when I I sure was, did And when I was there, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy crap, he actually put out a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't know how real it would be. Yeah, that was there that was that's stuff that. when I was at selection after reading that book going, well, he he gave up this or he gave up that. So you so you, uh you get you get to OTC before me.
1: And now we'll we'll just you know talk about you and, and and your time in the unit was it's fair to say the selection and the Q course SF didn't did, was it challenging to you did it meet your expectations I'm asked that a lot
0: may, well no I mean neither of them did so I know it sounds like it, being an asshole because yeah. I mean, people say that's the hardest thing they SF did or whatever selection. Yeah, I mean, both of them to me because I'm one of those guys, like, when we when, when we were in the NQP or whatever they, whatever you call it, like, I'm just – I over-train for everything, So, which I think is yeah. a good thing. A lot of people will train to the standard and be like, well, if I have to give it a little bit more, I'll be able to suck it up and do it. Well, I never wanted to be that guy. I never wanted to have to suck it up, so I just over-train. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if I knew I had to do a 20-miler, I'd do a 40-miler. If I, had, if I knew I had to do something in a certain amount of time, I would do it in half that time. So, I, my, in my – a lot of people don't do that because they think overtraining they're gonna get hurt and then they're not even gonna be able to right. go at all. I didn't think that at all. Like, I wanted to be like if I got hurt that day, I knew I could still make the standard. You're, yeah. You know? So like on my worst day, I'm making the standard. Yeah. You know. So to me, I know I sound like a, like cocky saying right. it wasn't hard. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I probably read five books. In selection, in both the selections, because I was always done so early, yeah. and then you, know, you get you get time to go, you know, go sit over there. Or when you got back to the the barracks, yeah, if you got back early, you had a lot of time, right? There's yeah. a lot of downtime for me. So, no, I, I, well, then it was I hard. To, but I actually think SF selection, I say that all the time, was harder. I say than say that all the time, unit, and it was because of the land nav. I and and long
1: mean, BT and trek and team events, you don't have any of that in right. and, and West Virginia. It was like, just,
0: just, you. just Just and I liked it that way. I loved like, it. I loved it that way. <laughs> you don't have right. to worry about anyone else. Well, yeah. like SF selection right. was uh, like just on the land nav. You got to think where you're where you're doing it on the train. Like that was that was all dead reckoning. That was all right. going
2: off the compass. Can you guys have any doubt when you're doing anything and in any type of training and it's just you and it's your plan and the You know, you ever do something and you're like, God, I hope I'm fucking right, or is it that mindset? You're like, I know I'm right.
1: I know I'm right. I, I I was, I, I loved it. I loved it because I knew, I knew I was just like you. I knew I was prepared for this, and I knew I was good enough for it. Um, both, both selections. It's funny. I, I feel the same way, even though I didn't make the first one. I know what I did wrong. I had one bad day at land nav. And I know exactly what I did wrong. And I couldn't wait to go back to selection and crush it because I knew it wasn't bigger than yeah. me. And I say the same thing about SF selection. Because at the end of the day, both selections are um, unknown time, unknown distance. So so you have to give 100% of both selections. So maybe you crush SF selection. You don't know because it's unknown. And maybe I just barely made CAG selection. But yeah. I have to give 100% of both. So they're both equally as hard to me. Because it's how much I have to put out. Mm. It's not like I can just you know meet the standard a lower standard. You don't know what the standard is, so you just give a hundred percent. How about OTC? Did OTC meet your expectations? That was it the first time in your career. You're like, this is what I thought I was getting into,
0: or did it still take you know a little bit more time? Well, for besides, you? and that's what I bring up in all my when I'm giving instruction, like just from what I've what I saw there in OTC. I, I thought I was actually kind of disappointed at first <laughs> Which, well, it takes a while for otc to get going so yeah i was it's but it was awesome to to be forced to do the basics over and over right, right? you yep. know to finally realize well, that that, that's evil. the only thing that matters right, right. so I, I i bring that up in a lot of my classes especially for le guys it's not the sexy stuff that works like you get done with selection being an sf guy or being at the range of battalion hearing about what happens or, you know across the hall or on the other side of the fence. You never really know. It is kind of a mystery. Right. So when you make it through selection, like I was, I was fucking excited. You might not have, you might not have known that. Cause I've, you know, like uh, it was easy. You know, right, that's yeah. how I was acting, but I was excited. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go finally do stuff. Cause I, I felt like nothing was up to my standard. I, right. There was always more. Right. So I'm thinking I'm going to go learn ninja shit. Like I'm going to go learn stuff that no one knows about. Yeah. And then you get there and you're doing dry fire. <laughs> right. For like and 2 weeks and, and you're like what And you're on the, the range f- with iron sights. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're doing like BRM, basic, basic rifle yeah. marksmanship. I mean day 1 basic training stuff and you're like I'm at the best place in the world and I'm doing this day 1 baby stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then you finally get to flat range, and you're doing, like, ready-up drills. You know I mean? Nothing sexy. There's no—you're not doing CQB right at the bat. You're not shooting from helicopters. You're not shooting missiles off of frickin' dirt bikes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, it was disappointing. I'm like, what the fuck? But where it all caved out, like, after doing that basic boring stuff, so many reps and tens of thousands of rounds, you know, when you finally start doing CQB— the shooting part just takes over. That's on autopilot. So now your brain can actually be 100% focused on the situation in front of you. So yeah. I'm making judgment calls, going to this room, this room. I'm going up this staircase, whatever. Yeah. I can be thinking about that. I don't have to worry about working the selector switch, where my finger goes on the trigger, uh, where right. my hand goes uh, on the yeah. gun. That's right. on autopilot because I just did the basic shit tens of thousands of times. Yeah. So it was kind of funny going to OTC. It was 100% disappointment for me. Right. Like the first couple of months, or yeah. at least the first month, I was right. like, what? what the hell? Yeah. like I want to do cool stuff, and it's not cool stuff yeah. until you actually get to a team. Then you you do you yeah. definitely do cool stuff.
1: O, I mean, OTC ramps up, you know, eventually. It like does m- ramp mid up. midway. Uh, and there's other things like you know that that takes it back to not fun stuff like uh, executive protection. You know, is isn't uh, isn't fun. Um, some other things that that you do that you know is part of a well rounded operator that you have to learn that just isn't isn't fun. But by the end of OTC, you are. Yeah, you know, flying little birds, blowing blowing doors off of <laughs> you, definitely you, know, you with, with do the the charges, do cool and you're you know, you're working in you know not not standard, uh, not the same old shoot house. So you, yeah. you, you you go out and do things and you do low vis hits and all sorts of cool stuff. It takes a while. But by the end of it, you you are you're having fun. You're having a lot of fun. Yeah. And then how how was your experience? I always love talking, I don't get to talk to other operators very very often. How was your experience from graduating OTC? You've been doing nothing but shooting and CQB, generally speaking, you know, mm-hmm. for, for six months mm-hmm. and, and you have this this or they always tell you, Oh, you guys think you're good, wait till you get to a team, what do you get to your team? So yeah. you always you know you're good you know you're OTC good, right. But there's this like myth about you know, about squadrons that you're finally gonna experience. How was that experience for you when you finally when you got to a squadron and got to truly you know operate at a well it was it was
0: it was a difference and it was way better than being an OTC OTC is a lot of especially CQB it's like point of domination right you know you're like a robot it's graded graded by the book answer stuff yep got to the team and just like you had said like wait until you get there or whatever and it was like the first time I did CQB because you're used to doing book answer point of domination clearing your freaking sector all that stuff First time doing CQB, I was, like, three rooms back. You know, like, we went in, blew the door, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm in one room. And right. before you know it, I'm like, where the fuck are they at? Right. I and mean, that's how fast right. they were. Yes. And, it, and they're doing it, obviously, not OTC way. But, it, like, that was my first right. first time going. Like, that, my experience of being on a team for the first time, I mean, shooting, shooting. But, like, CQB, yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit, these guys are fucking fast. But. Because of that, you know,
1: the yeah, and and you got up to that speed within you know, however long it took you, yeah, not not that long, yeah, no, but because of that constant grinding of the basics, those guys are moving that fast, and the one and two men are clearing their corners, whether it does whether it looks like they're
0: doing it or not, right?
1: I guarantee you, you put something in that corner and they won't cut that corner off, they'll they'll go that But That's how fast
0: it was, it was just impressive to me. See, like, holy crap, man, that's what that's what happens when you get to do CQB with a team for five years straight every and, single week you know and this is
1: what i i can't do and i can't even like really like impress on people like how what the difference is you know People are like ah oh, special operator, special operations seals can do cqb green Berets can do cqb you know delta does cqb everyone can do cqb nope it is a 100 different different level massive difference there is no oda regular white side seal team that belongs in the same house as a tier one unit they just—it'd be dangerous for God them to 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 agree. to be in that room and with it, us. That's why
2: it's so cool to be there. You know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you even said if you step away from a significant amount of time, you're behind the the. Cars. Oh
1: yeah, I I went and did some some fun CQB with some Orange County SWAT guys and 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 uh, Mike Platinum, Mike Perry, the MMA fighter, and uh, and I felt like I was going. It's, it's it's you know it's it's a perishable skill. Like yep. I felt like I was going slow. And I know that they're like, man, Brent, you still got it. We can't keep up with you. And I'm like, oh man, that you, was yeah. You felt have, like you were a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> I have no business being in the same room as a yeah. as as a, one of my you know, as a Delta Force team right yeah. now. I would have yeah. to. I'd have to be like an OTC grad again.
0: It is. And I'd have to of. hang out in the
1: back for a little bit and yeah. uh, and feel my way uh, back into it.
0: But it is, yeah, well, but that's know, how it is a shooting too. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, There's shooting. some drills that I had made up when I was when I was an operator there that I'll try doing now. I don't even come close. To making my times or being as accurate I was, you know, in that drill that I came up with when I was when I was operational. Well, it definitely goes away.
1: So at at least you still. I know there's people who are going to want to hear more more unit stories uh, as as and I don't blame them. Um, but uh, I'm also because I do podcasts as well. I'm not going to make you the same old same old podcast of asking you all sorts of uh, cliche questions that, that that I know you can't talk about or want to talk about unit time amazing time you went through team leader you know hit hit all the steps did everything you wanted to do and uh you know and you you felt did you when when it was when it was time to go and this and everyone that that hangs out there long enough eventually like your time's up and you're on this you're on this rock star lifestyle to where like you watch the news something happens and you're like hmm i'm on call right now I might need to go. Good thing my bags are packed. You feel important because yeah. you are important, you know. And yep. And yep. Yeah. But that ride is is over at some point. Did you know it was over? And you're like, oh, right. this, this is a good ending to my my book. So no, but I I got lucky.
0: So it was it was 100 percent my wife telling me I had to be <laughs> done, uh, which right. I, I've told this story before. So sorry, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> she knows that. <I'm. laughs> She was there. Yeah, so I, I don't think I was. She lived it. well. You know what? I think mentally, I knew it was like. For one, I got lucky. Probably the same reason why you went there. You want to do more things, right? You want to be in, You want to be in the best, and you get addicted to gunfighting. You get addicted instead of coming back and be like, oh, great, I have eight months left. I mean, we're waiting. We can't wait until the next deployment, right? because right? you want to go again. And you're praying but, for a blowout it was, in between. In between those, right. But it was fun though, back then, too, and by the time so I was there for when we were doing the whole Iraq and Afghanistan going back and forth, and then eventually we just did Afghanistan so by the time we fought, went to back to Afghanistan and just stayed there, things had gotten really political, not only for I mean for us as well, yeah, so we were still doing hits, but it just wasn't as fun right so I you're still getting it on it was it was still like I still wanted to deploy, but in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, might be getting a little bit burnout. But it just wasn't as fun anymore. So my wife, my wife one day, I mean, she said, basically, you're done and we're done. I mean, it was simple as that. And it, and she did it at the perfect time. And yeah. I don't know if she knew, knew that, like, or, <laughs> yeah. like I might, you know, this is a good time to say this, but yeah. she did it. And because things had been dying off and, and maybe I was a little bit burnt out, like it was an easy answer. I mean, all I was right. like, all right, I'm done. Like, I mean, I literally that morning went up to upstairs and I was like, I got to leave. And Leadership at that time was cool. they like they, they didn't question it. Yeah. Like, all right, well, how can we help you? Which I thought was awesome. You know, they weren't like, nope, you have to stay and you have to do this. They were like, all right, what can, we, what can we do to help? Which they did. There was a there was a SOCOM job, LNO job down in SOCOM, so I was able to stay at the unit as LNO down there. That's right. But yeah, that I, mean, I remember that. Katie, yeah. and they gave Katie the the break that she needed, and that was kind of funny though. I figured I'm gonna end at the unit. Right. So I thought two year break. Like we were renting our house out up there. Okay. It was like two or three years, and time was coming done with the LO job. And I was like, I went home one day. I was like, hey, we, we probably need to let the renters know we're coming back. Because <laughs> I had all intentions of going back, you know, yeah. getting back. Because, um, I mean, they were slotted. Did you want to be a I, troop mean, I was already, major I was you already wanna... slotted, yeah. Because when I left, I was actually the acting troops are major before okay. even going to uh, be a selection okay. guy. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm want to go back. I'm going to yeah. finish off my as a troop are major, well i told her told her like we should probably tell the renters to get out and she was like excuse me <laughs> yeah, she got, she got, like, she got, she's she's, <laughs> she's back in florida
1: now yelling, <laughs> yeah and this
0: is her yeah. home so that's right and, and bob is so leaving all the time up, we ended up staying yeah and, and it actually was the best thing that could ever happen to me yeah. like i would have like you just you know how the guys are they're gonna be loyal dogs they're never no one, no one's gonna say i quit or no one's gonna leave just because they want to leave I was kind of forced to, so it was an easy way out for me. I'm like, it's I'm not leaving. That was that right. was her saying that, right? Right. So, couldn't have happened at a better time, right. and it was the absolutely the best thing ever happened to me, because otherwise I'd just thought just stayed there and went until I was until retired. You know, until I retired. So that's what that's what pushed me out was that. But that, uh, I would never look back and be like, oh yeah, I wish I would have had another couple. Ah, uh, but of you years, did like, your team time. You yeah. know, what I
1: mean, you did your team time. Like, there's in a weird way, there's, Which is there's no the, more that's, fun to be had after that. Exactly. You know, yep. what. What did you do after, we talked about a little bit, but what did you do either immediately or how long did it take you to, yeah. to, to start your and So your I got company.
0: lucky again, now being able, because I think that's what the hard part with retirement, which, which anyone in the service is going to happen. But like us, we, we live at 500 miles an hour. Like I would say daily, even, even during training, we're 500 miles an hour. So a lot of guys, when they retire, they go from 500 miles an hour to a screeching halt zero. They have no purpose, and, and right. then, just like you yep. said, they're not important anymore, right? Yeah. That's hard. For, that's that's a yeah. hard transition to have that abrupt stop. Yeah, I got lucky because I went down to SOCOM. I'm sitting on a desk, so those first six months were still hard, but I was still part of the unit. I right. could still go back at the brag whenever I wanted to and shoot, and you know, like on weekends or, or take a trip up there, whatever. I, I was still considered operational, somewhat, you know, so it was. That transition wasn't from 500 miles.
2: Uh, it was like down to 250. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I was yeah. still
0: doing stuff and I'm still right. part of the unit. That's right. I'm still so related. Two years, once that wears off on you, it's very easy to get out at zero miles an hour. Like yeah. you're used to, it's, it's right. just not an abrupt stop. So for me, transition was very easy. For some people, it's very hard. Yeah. Like, that is very hard to steer the whole time and then just stop. And now you're a civilian. Yeah. You have no purpose and no one, yeah, no one you know cares. I mean. No one cares who the hell you were that's right. or what you did. When well, yeah. your
2: job's your identity, too, that's hard. <laughs> it
0: absolutely yeah. is. But now you don't have that anymore. So um, I get it for a lot of people. I got lucky. I, it was a slow, or gradual yeah. retirement.
1: Yeah. So you get so you finally retire. You yep. do a retirement ceremony there there in and, and SOCOM?
0: Nope, I just got got the hell out. No retirement, nothing. That's what I did. I, I don't. I, know why? I, why would I need? Why would anyone?
1: I, I went to the. I, I left the building. I went to the Sly Fox, uh, in Southern Pines, by myself. <laughs> ordered a beer, and just sat there and drank it, slow. I don't even know what I was thinking about. And then and then and then I went home. That that was that was my day of retirement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's something I wish I would have would not have done.
0: Really, you, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why.
1: And I think you'll understand this. And I think well, family, at the end of the day. It was selfish of me to do that, and I, and I gave the same answer to all my friends and, and family. Hey, no one threw a party for me when I got here. No one's throwing a party for me when I leave. Go to work. Um, but I don't, it wasn't just for me, you know. It, it was for it was for my wife uh, as well, you know, and, and my kids, and you know, a, a time for them to, to celebrate the, the, the end of it. And uh, I think. As much as I didn't attend for that to be I think that's what ended up
0: happening well I wanted to say so I mean squadrons do everything differently we you know we, we don't follow any squadron i, I want to say when I was leaving or before I even left it was different for me because i had, I had transitioned from the unit to socom for retirement okay but I think our like our squadron was forcing people to actually have a retirement because they knew no it's, one would do it and right. they knew it was for right, the family. A yeah, yeah, Which I understood that. Like I get it. Yeah. It's hey, it's for right your wife who's been with you for that's right. Know, Twelve deployments. Right. I yeah. mean, yeah. I would say they're they're more badass than we are for sure. I mean, I'm get, I'm going overseas to do what I want to do, and I love to do it. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the
1: boys. I'm doing. I'm the wives are home. Right.
0: Mowing the yard, taking care of the kids, feeding the dogs, right. cleaning the house. Like, for while we're call. literally yeah. in Disney World yeah you know and then and they're waiting for the call i mean how stressful is that so yeah I, hats off whenever anyone ever says oh thanks for your service i'm like don't thank me <laughs> thank my wife 100 yeah. percent.
1: she she enabled it
0: mm-hmm. what'd you do what'd you do after the military what was what was your your first gig or did you or yeah, as so you were I got transitioning kinda, kinda you know, you're already right in, figuring that right out right into um at um at socom because it was a desk job it was a Monday through Friday job weekends off i started kind of just by chance we had like this this open range day out at um out of mcdill and the cops were allowed to come shoot at a range i linked up with some cops one day and i just saw how they were like how they were training and how i don't want to be an asshole but how bad they were at shooting right so i was like these guys could use some help right so i started like training them up kind of more from there to hey you, you kind of like you're doing for free you know helping these guys out well Helps them out, and they're like, Man, you, I mean, this is a really good curriculum. Like, you could, yeah. you should start, like, monetize this. You, you should <laughs> start doing this as a, not right. as a living, but you yeah. start giving classes. I never even thought about it. I don't, yeah. I'm not an instructor. Like, I never was. I was like, oh, Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll do it to help people out. And it kind of started out. I have a thing called Operation Blue that you were talking about, like, free training to cops. So I started doing that, yeah. and I started incorporating that into actually paid classes. That morphed into giving classes to civilians paid, and then it just, it just kind of worked. To eventually, for the last eight years, I've been all over the country giving classes. So, so open enrollment classes, working for agencies, uh, doing most of, my, most of my classes, RLE classes. But it's all over the country, so I'm like a traveling salesman. It's not like big contract stuff. Yeah. It's just 10 to 15, 20 people, one class. You know? And then that morphed into buying buying property and then having a range.
2: Yeah. So. You bought a range? you bought property for bought property have, range? have right. a range on there I know that's one of the struggles for a lot of companies is the you know not having their own range they mm-hmm. have to go rent out ranges to yeah. ho- host their classes
1: yeah oh, so you can do an open enrollment well and that's class that actually kind of what go, did it too go out into your and in, into your front yard so to speak and, yes. and you're at work
0: and I, that was a little bit but I uh, think what really did it is like my first five or six years, I'm going all over the country. Yeah. Just like you said, going to ranges Well, yeah. I'm paying them right. for me to give a class. There. So I'm paying sometimes 500 bucks a day to rent a bay out. So it's a thousand thousand dollars in one weekend. Yeah. And they're not lifting a finger. Yeah. Like they're literally just, just I'm giving a thousand bucks. All they had to do is let the, you know, the baby free for two days. So I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty good business plan. Right. Like yeah. if you can rent these bays out yeah. and get a thousand dollars for two days, pretty smart right and, and i'd seen like how the unit ranges are you know like that's a right. pretty awesome oh, facility yeah. oh yeah but then i also been to public ranges and private ranges i was like man this could Fairly, really this could really be a good facility but they just didn't know how to run it so i was like and i they, could i could definitely do this better and so, it seems
1: like no one invests back into their all, all ranges and shoot houses are like they're still just, stuck in the 80s 90s they just go to shit yeah yeah
0: so that was another reason I was like, I can, I can actually build a facility that would be badass, right? right? Because I'm taking unit experience and I'm taking all the other ranges that I've seen that's right. throughout the last six or seven yep. years that I can not do this mistake or not have this exactly. mistake or this yep. person wasn't doing this. So that's what my range is. My range is, I mean, it's set up exactly, if I was going to be a member at a range, that's how I'd want it to be. And that's how I set it up. Yeah. Do you so, have
1: members by chance at your range as well? Yeah, it's, it's a membership only range. Oh, nice.
0: We do rent the bays out for industry people if they right. want to come test guns right. and stuff, or I rent uh, right. bays out for other instructors, and we hold, we hold the events out there. But yeah. the membership it is, it is
1: truly a membership because you have great. residual income of just of, of guys that just yeah. go go and go and shoot. Yep. So how how did you come up with the name uh, uh, Gambit Resolutions? How did you come <laughs> up with that name? Because people. Yeah, until you start a business, so it might not work sense. It might and, not and, make sense, and, but and same with you. Until you start a business, people just they take for granted these things. Yeah. And, not, and now when it's yours yeah. and you have to name it, you're like, oh, oh what am I going to name this? Yeah.
0: So almost everyone was always solutions, something solutions. Okay, so I don't want yeah, to be yeah. a, solutions yeah. <laughs> a solutions guy. solutions <laughs> guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kyle, I mean, this was weeks. This is what he was talking about. It's hard to pick a name. Uh, so the gamut was like, I'm thinking, all right, I'm, I teach, I can teach anything when it comes to firearms. It can just be normal shooting. I can do vehicle stuff. I can do CQB. I mean, I, what we did at the unit, you're yeah. pretty much the best at everything, right? Right. Everything tactically related. So everything tactically related. So I'm like, yeah. well, that's everything, right? What's fully encompassing? Like, yeah. What's the word that means fully encompassing? Gamut, yeah. right? Gamut. Yeah. The definition is all-encompassing. Yeah. So that was that's where I got that. And then the resolutions. I didn't want it to be solutions. Resolutions. <laughs> dic, uh, dictionary answer of resolutions. It's the decision to not or to do or not do something. That's like that's a book answer for resolutions. So when it comes to gun fighting, you got to think, right? I mean, that's you have to make the decision. Am I gonna am I gonna do something? Am I yeah. am I not gonna do something? So. I love that's, those. A- that's where it went from yeah. gamut resolutions. It's, it's all encompassing yeah. and it's the decision to do or not do something. Hmm. I
1: love those answers. And, and I love getting to yeah, actually sit here and, and, you know, without this, didn't to sit, to pick your brain and, and, uh, and hear and hear your story in a, in a more detailed way than we just don't do as, as, as friends <laughs> right. just, you know, randomly catching up. So, you know, you can, you can play and, and rightfully so possibly at times the, the, the big dumb animal where you just, Out, you know, you just out trained and out, you know, you you relied on your strength to get you by. But you're also, you know, if people are picking up on this, he's also reading books when he's when he's done early. Like the 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 answer you have about your uh, your company, like the dictionary answer, like a meaning behind. Right. So at the end of the day, like an, an operator, an operator really can't just outlift, you know, uh, uh, his his way through, you know, through problems, you know, like people underestimate the quality. I shouldn't say they underestimate. Maybe they just don't fully uh, understand or expect the type of man it takes to be at the unit. And that's not just guys that are in great physical shape, but some of the smartest dudes and it may not be like IQ smart, so to speak, but just problem solvers, street smarts. Uh, on, you know, and, and as well as you know, intellectually smart. Was like you cannot impressive. be dumb and be at the unit. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah, it wasn't all studs. Yeah.
0: Like I was impressive. Right, mean, I, I a guy.
1: Oh, it goes back to saying there. it's it's not it's not the best guy for the job. It's the right guy for the job. Yeah. And I've talked before. Like it took me a couple of years to figure out what that really meant. Because wouldn't the best guy for the job be the right guy for the job? But some of the biggest studs that you know came through the selection, you know, got kicked out of the board. And like, man, why didn't mm-hmm. that guy make it? You know, that's he just he wasn't the right guy.
0: Yep.
1: How'd you get to Range Works? How'd you get caught up into that?
0: What the range facility? Yeah, that's what I was just talking about.
1: Oh, is, 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 I'm sorry. is that's, Range, range that, Works is, yeah, is the name the of, of, facility, of your range, yeah. okay? Yep. And you run the, and you run your company out of out of Range Works. Yeah, kind well of. As, as I do. Well go, I
0: do. I give. Out. I do give classes there, but it's very little. Actually, the majority of my classes are out of state, so it's stupid on my part right i'm, I'm traveling mm-hmm. all over the place and i have my own range and i do that on purpose so um because for one you can't expect everyone to come to you right I mean that's expensive they're paying not only for the class now right. they're paying for travel yeah, now right. they're paying for hotel now they're paying for yeah. food so i you have to go to them yeah. to make it work on it's not just one guy on the is way paying that I'm for doing travel. Stuff. one guy's paying for hotel rather than 20 right yeah. Yeah. so uh and then the whole uh, really it's just out of uh me giving class at my range, it's it's the heat in Florida.
2: Gosh, a lot of people can't take it. A lot, <laughs> well, of and people I don't want can't. to either. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I do very little.
0: I do I do class yeah. in the winter, but summer <laughs> months I don't do any class at my range unless it's like a hosted class that like cops are saying we yeah. want a class in July. Yeah, 100%. Whew. I'm gonna do it. Right. But I I don't do me. I don't do like <laughs> open enrollment classes in the, the summer. The price might be a little higher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Try to deter from it, but if they'll pay almost, that much, we'll do it in July. It's, crazy it's a July it's price. Almost, it's Please.
0: almost all the L E classes I do in Florida are always either June, July, or August. Are which you, is just insane. You
1: go to a shot show by chance? No. Okay. No. This, uh I'll do what's what's next for you? What's what's you know, as uh, do you feel like, you know, as a company, you, know, not, you, you have the range? You have your your, yeah. your your book
0: of sorts of of customers. Are you are you? Are you set <laughs> so I'm dwindling. Or? So 2024 is actually my last last year doing open enrollment classes. So that's putting up class on my website, and I'm I am going to those classes. Like they're already set yeah. in stone. What's your website? It's the last, uh, gamut resolutions, uh, dot com is where you can find all my classes on the website, um, or you can just follow me at on social media, Instagram or. Facebook, which I don't even know what my handle is. <laughs> just Google Bob Keller. I'll, <laughs> I'm up. I'll put it up <laughs> there. i will put it up there for sure. Um, yeah, 2024, ramping it down. I'll always do LE classes, agency classes, military classes if they if they want me to come to them or they come to me. But open enrollment, I'm done after this year. So instead of ramping up, I'm actually ramping down um, and just spending it'll be more time at home and more time at the range. There's so much. There's so much shit to do at the range. Does that
2: does a uh, military hire you for anything? As yeah, far as like I've
0: done I've done multiple SF SF teams on the shooting. I'm like I'm real big on. Everyone wants to do CQB. Yeah, all, all the LE guys yeah. want to do CQB. All the SWAT guys want to do CQB. Military guys want to do CQB because I mean I would say we are the best at CQB hands down. But Rob no one no begged to differ. <laughs> I'm just letting you know <laughs> let's, that. Let's have him on. <laughs> <laughs> he lets Brent know I've, every day. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard some things that they do CQB wise that I'm like, how, how can you as a just a human with common sense think that this is right? Anyhow, me. we can talk about done, that later. I'll tell you a story about one of their <laughs> OTC
1: classes. I don't want to talk about that, but remind me about that.
0: But anyhow, I try. I try to talk. I try to talk everyone out, uh, like team wise, out of doing a CQB class and just start with a shooting class. Yeah. Just to show them, like, I know you're not ready. Like oh. they, they think that they're ready to do CQB which I get that they have to know how to do it I mean, right that's part of your job description but I always try to talk people into, and CQB is awesome it's sexy but I always try to do it going back let me show you the basic boring stuff for two days and then if you want to do a vehicle class or CQB right. class we'll do it and I'll the smart ones actually when they when they have me come back they're like we want to do the basic stuff again I'm like yeah. all right you guys get it and I, I mean to me like i I just got. I just got done doing Sarasota SWAT, which those guys were equivalent to us, CQB. Shut your mouth! Yeah. I am not kidding. I had, go, two other, I had two other operators I'm help going. me on that class, yeah. and they were like, "We've never seen anyone as good as you guys." And this That's was awesome. Le guys, right? But I like. I was. I was. I was. I do CQB different. I do a cl- It's shooting and CQB. If you're, if you're hiring me to do a CQB class, you're yeah. getting shooting out of it. Three flip flop, but the third day I was actually with those guys and I'm watching them flow. So their their shots aren't like ours are. Right. I mean, ours would be like this, you know, moving and shooting. Their shots weren't there. They need more work on shooting wise, but right. flow wise, yeah, that's good to hear. I was like, holy, you guys are doing the right yeah. thing. Whatever you I, know, I'll say this though. They were wor- switched on
1: from working with them. They're always good guys. They're always good guys. They, for the most part, they they kind of know that. That they need help and that they're not the best, and they know those that, are the that smart that, ones. and they know that they're probably op- operationally too much and don't train enough. Uh, and so, you, and you, and they're good guys, man. That's that's what really made my made me want to help out those guys and give training for free and do the first responders company and give back to them because they're good dudes. They're doing a, an amazing job day in and day out. They just don't have the time and resources. Yeah, sometimes to get nice. where they need to be.
2: You nailed it when you just start when you started your company and you started going on podcasts and you started being a little bit more vocal when you retired, you said it, it hit with everybody. Cause I remember the team would always talk about it when you weren't there is that, you know, when your family needs help, the Delta force isn't coming. It, <laughs> it's you true. know, it's first responders that are coming. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, yeah. they're, they're essentially when it comes down to a barricaded person in a hostage situation and you're going to have to train that team to the best that they can do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nowadays. Absolutely. They're doing that job and no one likes them. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a it's a right. shitty job right yeah. now. Where they used to have respect and now no one respects them. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're the ones responding and helping out, right. and they're going to someone that doesn't even right. fucking like them. And but they want their help. That's right. Yeah, they when they
1: on their worst day they want them. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I know what you mean by that. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll caveat I'm saying this: if you look on social media and you watch the news, the perception is no one likes them. Uh, but there's a lot more people that You're do right appreciate on that. them. You, you are, them, but you are not right the on vocal that. ones. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, and I hope it still happens that they still get their coffee pot for them, and they still sit down in uniform and don't pay for a meal most times because uh, there is a lot of people in this country that do absolutely still hold them in, in, in high regard. Do you have a Do you have a shoot house at, uh, at Range Works? No. Where do you Where do you see K B training at?
0: Uh, if I, if at I'm at doing at it for LE, yeah, either if they have a facility, we do it on property on their yeah. property, or we just go out to abandoned houses or buildings. Any any plans of possibly building a shoot house out there? I ask that <laughs> for selfish reasons. If, I mean, if you got if you got two million <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dollars, I'm it. all ears, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough though. Honestly. I only only got half that. So so <laughs> I do have I do actually have a spot that I kind of designated. Like I have an area that I could put one up, but no. On, uh, yeah. Honestly, on the whole. Because we are a membership, like right. only range, pretty much. It's you can't put a shoot house out there, and then, like I mean, you could put locks on everything. Right. I mean, members are gonna want you, you right. to. Oh, I can do CQB. I want to do oh, CV. Well, I can't yeah. trust everyone to yeah. do the I right thing. We'll talk. Maybe a Sims so. shoot house. I will we'll figure <laughs> it out. It would be yeah. Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so, like even that, it's, it's just I do have staff out there, but it's kind of it's a cool range. Like once you're a member out there, you get a key fob. You got twenty four seven access out there. So as a shooter, like you have to go through my orientation before you become a member. Right. But you're your own RSO. So once you're a member yeah. out there, you have 24/7 access. You can go to the range anytime and you want. You got want. a little mini range 19 out there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, everything's provided for you too. Like all the steels, uh, stick stands, backers, spray glue, staples, staple guns. Everything's out there. Where so in, and where is Members have- don't need to bring anything except for their guns and ammo. Yeah. Let them know where 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 range works. So, so uh, range so range, range works is in Fort Meade, Florida. So I think from here it's about an hour and twenty minutes. So most of our most of our members are either from Orlando, Tampa, or Sarasota. But Lakeland's a big one too. Okay, it's worth it. Like most, we, I got members that are from uh, the Panhandle. I got members that are, that live in Miami. You just can't find a range that for one everything's provided and it's open twenty four seven. Yeah, like that's just a cool. Go back to like the CQB though. A lot of times, like you're your own RSO, so you get through the gate. Yeah. A lot of times, there's not staff out there. There's yeah. you know, there's. Yeah, I love that part it's, of it though. Yeah, and I'm, I'm your members love it too. It's a so good old boy, or right. it's a big boy system. So yeah. to have two cool stuff out there, well, yeah. we got
1: we got tens of thousands of listeners. So I, I hope to get you a, a few more members. Uh, yeah, for, for for your time coming over here. Yeah, it's Bob, great. I I can't thank you enough for 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 I know it'd, be, it'd have been too easy to call in. You know this this uh, this interview like like you do with a lot of podcasts. Yeah, but you, well. you made time for us. You made the drive over here to do this in person, uh, and I, I can't thank you enough for doing that. And again, I can't thank you enough for being the standard that I got to look up to. Because uh, I truly don't believe I'd uh, you know been the same green beret you know without uh, without being an NQP with you. And I don't know if I'd have made it through you know uh, West Virginia. You're like, I'm not gonna let well, him beat me. That's right. Yeah. At that <laughs> point, you know, I didn't look as you you know as you know the the guy way ahead of me. But you know the the guy that I. Yeah, and that and why we were both training up. at hey, what what are you doing? Like what what are your times? You know, yeah. and and I you know and I could meet those times if I, I wasn't there. But they they weren't so far away from me anymore that I, you know that they were unobtainable. Right. It let me know you're not there yet, Brent. Train harder. And I and I ended up you know meeting those standards that you set. And I never got a chance to uh, to say thank you for what you did for my career that you didn't even know you did just you're, by you're setting welcome the standard. for
0: making you smoke yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Bob! Last last question. Uh, we we ask it to to every to everyone, and it's usually the first the first one you come up with is the right answer. And man, I bet you got a bunch to pull from. Do you have a funny story uh, from your career? It could be a ranger story, a Green Beret story, a unit story, a a, a training story. Uh, it could be a dive school story of having to pull your roommate through oh, dive school well, and tell him not to quit that's every one of day. Those things,
0: there's so many stories. Uh, Do you have a funny story? It's not not really a funny story. I'd say the funny things that happen on Target, like at the unit, and I mean at it, and I'm sure it happened uh, that one deployment I did with SF. Like just like like going to Target, it's not really a story. Just things that happen that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, we're all studs, right? We're all infallible studs. Not landing on the X, you landing on the Y. You're, You're hauling ass across the desert under nods. Right. You know, target after target, and we're not all perfect, you know? Yeah. It's not easy running full on with full kit, <laughs> ladders and guns in your hands, and you're on nods. Right. And you're in a brownout. It, yeah. Like, just things. like it, And and it, and it shows, uh, It's kind of why I like to bring this one up, like, how everyone wants to be on target. Like, I mean, right. it's, it's pretty exhilarating to right. be around a whole troop load of guys. And everyone they, wants to they, be first. They, they all want to be first, right. so everyone wants to be first, right? So, like, running off, off the bird... A lot of times you can't even see your compass in front of you. Like brownouts so bad. Like you literally can't look down and see where you're going. But you have a general direction. Well, some people get off the left side. Some people get off the right side of the bird. The guys on the right side of the bird are behind the power curve, right? Right. But everyone wants to be first because if you're first, you get to shoot first. That's right. If, That's if right. there's contact. So it's a, it's a big race, which is funny as hell. And every, everyone's going as fast as they can. Well, you always, It's usually the young guys. Or you get older, you get a little bit fatter, they're out of shape. <laughs> Those guys are up ahead, and you'll see them. You're like, bitch like he's way up there and you're trying to catch him yeah and you're running and all of a sudden you, you'll see him fall oh yeah <laughs> you know? oh yeah and then you're like you're running by him, and no one's helping each other right? <laughs> like i mean you're running <laughs> over him going yeah suck you know like you fell you know and then like 10 steps but, later you fall and you're like <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it's like that's night yeah. you know like yeah. just running to target oh
1: man I you're right man. I'd love to anyone just have that experience put a put it's a, so
0: fun a, to, put everyone's everyone's rushing to go there's no it doesn't need to be uneven ground farmlands Dude, you're falling just, all the time yeah <laughs> we, had, we had this guy another kind of a funny story real quick uh, running to target going across it wasn't it wasn't like rice paddies but it was like the farmland the farm fields get wet and they're muddy well this guy uh had a had a fake leg. Was a, I think he was the first operator ever to be back allowed operational. But it's funny, nah. like going across, going across field, you know, and he's got this. He's got a freaking prosthetic leg. He's yeah. up. He's up ahead. He's also, he's in fairness,
1: he's also about 30, 40 pounds lighter because he doesn't have a leg. So you know, I don't like to. <laughs> but he can guys, run, right? I don't, I don't give he's, those guys
0: too much credit. They have an he, advantage. Yeah, they got a, they're yeah. a, They're a robotic now. know, <laughs> he's running across, and all of a sudden, gets it's thick mud. Yeah. Well, he takes one step, takes another step, leg pops. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so his leg's stuck in the mud. Well, he falls over because now he's got one leg, right? Yeah. And you'd think at least one person's gonna like stop and help him. No, everyone's running by him. He's like, ah, "Someone grab my leg!" And I'm like, Fuck you, Bobo. <laughs>
1: There's a story I was looking for. We got it.
0: Like it's just funny. Like yeah. no one
1: helped them. No. Like you'd
0: think someone was stopping. it's like the well, no, hell no. We're going to yeah. target. We gotta put uh, reach up. You know. Uh, but, I love that. I love that he even asked. And, and, uh, no, I mean it was yeah. like everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, like, yeah. running by him, and everyone's like, you just left the guy there. It's like you have he's fine. You have you have support and headquarters coming. <laughs> right, that's like, their job. S- that's someone's right. gonna help. That's him. a support job. He'll get your leg. <laughs> no one stopped. It was just funny as shit. His legs stuck in the mud. Uh.